brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good summer Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. John McMullen, who was here yesterday. Jody McDonald, who wasn't. I missed my partner yesterday. Yeah, and all you uh, good streamers here to Birds 365. Do yourself a favor. Uh, well, let, let me hold off on announcing this because uh, I want to get a couple more people streamed in first. Um, Johnny Mac, today is a short day. We're going down to shore in less than 20 minutes because Mike Gill is going to join us. Is he Ocean City? I don't even. Mike's a Bentner guy. He's a Bentner guy. He's right up against AC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I wasn't sure exactly what town he was in. Uh, And we'll find out if Gill's going to ski down slightly south from Bentner down to uh, Seattle City, where there will be a big Eagles function today. Uh, The Kelsey boys coming to town down there in. CIL at the OD. Uh, and uh, I know Ed Cratch told us on Monday he was heading down. I'd never been. They've, they've done it the last two years. This is the third annual. I didn't make it down for either of the two. I was probably here doing Birds 365 with you. So I wasn't going to get my car at 10 o'clock and head down there. It's an all day affair, goes uh, the entire day. And it truly is uh, just another example of how the fact that 
Jason Kelsey is the most relatable athlete in the entire town of Philadelphia, does it not? Yeah, I mean, well, you can't say enough things about Jason Kelsey, how he has sort of uh, become uh, the poster child for a Philly athlete, I guess, from the perspective of handling uh, maybe the most passionate uh, uh, fan base in the country. I mean, nobody does it better than Jason. Yeah, he gets it. Um, third annual celebrity bartending bartending event as you mentioned his brother will be there they're you know it's gotten so big they're doing a, a podcast they're going to do a live podcast so a lot of fun if you're down the shore um you know good cause too so eagles autism foundation so hi yeah part I mean, of what we do here on birds 365 right wrong or indifferent is make predictions, give you projections and the like. So I'm going to put my partner, John McMullen, to the test. What other Philadelphia Eagles will show up today at Jason Kelsey's affair? We know his brother's going to be there. That's been preordained. And like you said, they're going to do the podcast from there. One of the more successful upcoming podcasts in the entire country, as a matter of fact, New Heights. Uh, but there have been no announcements of any other Philadelphia Eagles that are officially showing. It's kind of a mystery wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a who the hell knows. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to go on the record. How many other Philadelphia Eagles make an appearance at some point today? And who do you think it'll be? Um, As far as how many, I mean, there hasn't typically been a ton. Um, uh, uh, Jordan Mailata, I would almost guarantee, is going to be there. Uh, he's been there in the past. He and obviously is very close to uh, Jason Kelsey as you know, most of the offensive line is. And usually when I'm trying to think who's in town, <laughs> you know, that's a big part of it. Um, a lot of guys aren't in town. Lane, well, we, know, we know Lane lives here, right? Yeah, but Lane's not in town. Um, uh, you know, Lane does a lot of stuff. He, he was in the, you know, he could be back. I mean, but he was in the Senior Bowl. He got in the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame this week. He was down in Mobile. I know... He's down doing offensive line mastermind stuff in, in Texas. So uh, I'm not, I don't Do you know think, exactly when that is happening. Um, that's more of an all encompassing thing. I don't know when the big convention is uh, tight end university is this week. It's not this week, uh, but long story short, I don't think Lane's in town. Okay. Um, he does live here, uh, but wow, he, he's got a couple houses. So, um, but um, I, I do not believe he's in town. Uh, so that you know, that's what I kind of look at. Now, Landon Dickerson, you know, him and Jordan are so close that if he's in town, you know, he'll be in tow. So I'm going to go those two. I'm going to okay. go Jordan two, Landon. Two fellow O linemen will uh, add to the yeah. mix with the two. But I, I don't know if Landon's in town either. Um, Zach McPherson and, and Milton Williams are in town for they're going to do sort of a it's not a camp but they're doing a seven on seven um, thing in, in South Jersey over the weekend so maybe there'll be some surprises because I know they're in town so I'm just trying to think of guys in town um, 
and 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 that's what I could come up with on off the top of my head. Well, it's a feel good affair, although I've not been there. I've listened to some of the coverage that they've had on WIP this year. They're doing 12 straight hours from six o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, you can get a feel from it. Uh, listening to the radio and or NBC sports is going to jump down there at four o'clock. Yeah, it's become know. a big thing. It it's really has. Thing. Yeah. It's I mean, the huge. first year I was there the first year it was. Uh, oh, you went year one. Yeah, it was, you know, just sort of put together and just more now it's got more corporate now it's got it's it's become so big uh which is a good thing for the charity um you know from a media perspective they have like ed's gonna try to go ed's going down the shore it's like 15 minutes about availability i'm in the mike gill category like i'm not swimming up that salmon stream for 15 minutes uh but good luck to Jason, obviously. And and as I said, a, a, a very good cause. And that's the bigger part of it. Uh, but yeah, from our job, a reporter's job, you know, 15 minutes isn't much. So. I, have, I have not been down either of the two previous years. But uh, when my daughter was young, we uh, got a house in Seattle for about oh, I'd say more than 10 years straight, at least a week. One One year we took a month just had a good place with a guy I knew and we took basically all of June because uh, he has trouble renting in June. Oh, I'll give you to for a week for a uh, very cheap. I'll give it to you the next year for two weeks. I'll give it to you the next year for four weeks. Mm-hmm. So we were down there for an entire month. So I know Sea Isle pretty damn well. Man, if they're going to get as big a crowd as I think they're going to get, yeah, it's tough. you're not going to be able to move. It's yeah. just... You forget about parking. There'll be people parking and walking across the bridge from uh, the Ocean City yeah. to come down to it. could be just stone cold nuts, uh, but it is for a very good cause. So if you're heading down, have a great time. Johnny Mac says eh, two, maybe three at the most, four Eagles. I'll just get that out there if he's listening to a very You know what? But it's gotten bigger. But again, I mean, a lot of guys aren't in town. So, you know, that, that, uh, that, that happened but it, it's gotten bigger and bigger so maybe that encourages uh some some more numbers but i yeah i don't i'm i'm just trying to think of guys who are actually here and you know most people are spread across the country at this stage so um it becomes a little bit more difficult um but i know jordan's here um so he's a good bet jordan my is my best bet You've got uh, a better grasp on where the Eagles are at than I do. Where's Quez Watkins these days? Hmm. Um, Exchange text with Quez, DM with Quez. You got any idea where Quez is? I do not. Uh, I'm going to guess. Uh, I don't know where Quez lives in the offseason now. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess he's... I'm going to get it's somewhere down south. I mean, he's he's from Alabama. I'm going to guess he's a Texas guy. A lot of guys live in Texas because of uh, uh, tax purposes, to be honest. Um, but that's just a guess. Okay. Um, uh, and Quez, wherever you are, uh, more power to you, buddy. I, I'm just suggesting it because. I think today's affair is going to be a feel-good thing for the Eagles and the fans going crazy and everybody in a positive mood, if not alcohol-induced, uh, would be a good day for Quez to be there. 
because I think he's one of the key guys in this upcoming year who's kind of sitting on the fence. And go either way for Quez. It either go real good or it could go real bad. So if you've got the chance to swing the needle over to real good, because it'll be a feel-good affair to begin with, Quez, if you're here in town today, I'd mosey on down to the OD if I were you, because it'll be a bunch of very happy Philadelphia Eagle fans show up, high five, do a couple of beer shots. Oh yeah, you'll 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 certainly improve your Q rating with Eagle fans if you can make it down there. If he's in Florida, not watching Birds 365, Quez continue to have a, a fun summer, but. You could, you could help yourself out if you showed up today. I'm just saying. Um, but it should be a fun time, and uh, John says Eddie Kratz is going to try and get down there. So next time we get Ed on, uh, we'll certainly talk to him about it. Um, so a good day all around for the Eagles. We, we don't have many of these during the summer, John. It's just wait and wait and wait and wait. And we're now under the month mark before Eagles training camp starts. So that's a very good thing that we'll get underway. And uh, I uh, supposedly it's going to uh, pack the house down there in Seattle City, which doesn't surprise me a little bit. And it's just 10 bucks to get in to begin with. I think there's other activities you can do where you might have to donate a little bit more to Eagles Autism. And again, it is for a great crowd. I did see this uh, article today. Eagles ticket prices. The face value is what it is. And they raised it off last year as well. They should off the kind of season that they had. They didn't uh, jack it up outrageously. So uh, good on Jeff Lurie. But then once the tickets are already all spoken for and sold, you have the resale market. And the Eagles ticket resale market is one of the highest in the National Football League. It's up to the fourth most expensive average, average ticket price that has hit the secondary market is now over $500, $523 for an average. Now, that includes upper deck, best seats in the house, bring it all together, average ticket price, $523 for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is up o- over 100%, like 173% from the average seat ticket price from the year before on the secondary market. Yeah, when you have a team as good as the Eagles were last year, John, the year thereafter, you want to see them, you got to pay to be able to go see them. Yeah, that, uh, you know, that speaks to the expectations that we keep talking about. I mean, the expectations are my biggest concern of this team, to be honest, because uh, they are just uh, borderline ridiculous. I mean, you know, we got a lot of people just, skimming through the the regular season in the playoffs and hey we'll get back to the super bowl like it's nothing um and that's that's tough now i i don't think you know the eagles are gonna take it that way the eagles are you know get better today nick sirianni drums it into their head from day one get one percent better all the cliches you know just do what's in front of you today he does a very good job with that Um, but I do think it kind of seeps in at times and just, you know, when you talk about, there's going to be some criticism of this team. I guarantee you, Jody, we're going to be doing this show somewhere in the season. There's going to be an upset and everybody's going to be more upset than the Eagles who just got upset. Um, and it's gonna, it's going to reach a fever pitch because these expectations are just, they're, they're just, I mean, it, it Jason Kelsey talked about it when he was on with uh, D Gunn and Rob Ellis on here on Jacob Sports. He's like, 
so many things got to go right to, hit, to reach a Super Bowl. Um, from health on down, um, so many stars got to align. And this is a guy who's done it twice now in, in six years. Um, it ain't easy. Even, even though it looks good on paper, it's not easy. And there's a lot of moving parts this time as well. So um, uh, expectations are – they might be a better team – and in fact, they're gonna have they're gonna have a worse record than they had last year, and they might be a better team, um, and they might go back to the Super Bowl, and they might even win the Super Bowl because they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But there's gonna be hiccups along the way. There there's gonna be hiccups along the way and adversity uh, along the way. Well, the one the one thing that doesn't scare me at all is the, you brought it up the health question. Oh, the Eagles have the magic formula. Just uh, no, they don't. It? They may think they do, and and by the way, they don't think they do because Howie has said it twice on the record, at least, that he recognizes how healthy they were last year, and that's probably not going to happen again. But and he did, said it did twice. He, did he use that all important four letter word? No. They won't he, use that. He word. refuses to use the word luck, that there's a little luck involved when you're as injury free as the Eagles were last year. Uh, so he, he may admit it, but he's not really admitting it if he's not saying uh, there were a little, little luck involved. All right. Uh, before we get Mike Gill up here, I asked you, uh, on, and I'm sure Rob Ellis did a phenomenal job filling in for me yesterday. So I thank Robbie for that. It was um, Mark Farzetta, real quick. Oh, it was so Farzetta, it was, Mar- it was, it was Rob. Uh, Rob is going to be in tomorrow. Oh, okay. So. My apologies. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was kind of busy at the time you guys were doing the show, so I didn't know who did it. My bad. Farzetta yesterday, uh, Ellis tomorrow. I got to go back in. Yeah, I get to week. do Farzy, Jody Mack, and Rob Ellis in one week, man. That's like that's a that's heavy lifting that's, for you. Yeah. Um, no, that's 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 a murder's row, man. Uh, yeah. That's easy. Okay. Uh, I asked you at the top of the, before the show started, did you, because you and I have been going through the top 25 list that you and Ed Kratz put together on Sports Illustrated. Um, we're moving up a couple, uh, one at a time, unless, of course, there's a weekend, which we get three on Monday, which we did knock down three. I asked you if you got it in yesterday. You said you did not. Uh, so uh, John and Ed put a combined list together. They both, vo- both voted top 25 Eagles working from the bottom up. Uh, the SI list of Kratz and McMullen was Gainwell, 25, Morrow, 24, Blankenship, 23, Edmonds, 22, Elliott, 21, Nicobe Dean, 20, Jordan Davis, 18, uh, excuse me, uh, 19. At number 18, who did you have at 18 there, John McMullen, you and Ed Kratz? Uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, and we both had him at 18. So it was same exact exactly one? the same exact thing, which is far from number 17, which we'll get to in a second. That's the player we had the most disagreement on, but he ended up at 17 overall. But yeah, Jalen Carter. And, and, and I gotta be honest, you know, we were talking about Jalen Carter yesterday and I brought up, um, you know, um, you know how high I am on Jalen Carter. Um, Not that high if you got him at 18. Well, that's the point. I, I can't, I can't go higher for a complete projection. That's about as high as I'm going to go for any projection. That's not an insult on Jalen Carter. 
I think Jalen Carter's going to be way higher on this list next year, but he's never played it down in the NFL. I can't. And we looked at, you know, Georgia rookies last year, five first-round picks, and I mentioned startup costs for all of them, every single one of them, uh, some more than others. Trayvon Walker, number one pick in the draft, looks like he's going to be a, a very good player, but, you know, not superstar from day one. Um, and Jalen Carter has got more talent than Trayvon Walker, but it's interesting when I'm talking about expectations, um, and, and the good folks on the social media team here at Jacob sports. And I know I got to be quick cause we got to get to the break. You know, people are saying, Oh, we know what a beastie is Jalen Carter. No, you don't. No, you don't. He's going to be better than you think you are. I I was trying to think about when is the last player with this kind of talent arrived in Philadelphia? We came up with Lane Johnson, which is the closest, but he's got more talent at his particular position than even Lane did at, at tackle. This is unbelievable for a Super Bowl-level team to get this kind of raw piece of clay. And he is going to surprise even Eagles fans, if, you know, there are reasons he was drafted where he was drafted. And I'm not trying to downplay those concerns, but this guy's going to be good as long as he, um, you know, avoids the the pitfalls, matures a little bit, and does all the stuff he needs to do. Um, And this is as high as I'm going to put a rookie ever um, because – they got to prove it at some point. You, you got to prove it first. You got to do something first. So 18 overall for a rookie is very high on, 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 on my scale. Um, so don't take that as an affront. It's actually, uh, this guy is really, really good. And this guy's got tremendous potential. As we uh, have alluded to about the reasons he dropped the number nine. When I'm putting a list like this together, I'm just going to believe that that doesn't rear its ugly head. Either either believe it's going to happen or you don't believe it's going to happen. And I am for whether right or wrong going to believe that it doesn't happen uh, during the season. So, yeah, I'm going to put them even higher. I'm willing to go with a projection at a higher spot on the Eagles. As, as much as you talked up Jalen Carter, you got a limit. You're only going to go so high. My limit's higher, so I'm going to get to Jalen Carter a little bit later. All right, so you got him at 18, and that's as high as you were going to go. Who do you have at 17? And this is the the, the biggest disconnect on this entire list between Ed and I is this player, number 17, DeAndre Swift. Um, and he is number 17, to be honest, because of Ed, who had him at uh, 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 number 13 overall. Oof, that's high. I think. I think I had him at 22 and he ended up at 17 on this list. Look, the different, I think DeAndre Swift has a chance to be a very good player, but look, we've seen him for three years. He topped out at 617 yards in Detroit. Very good receiver, does some good things, shows explosiveness. Ed put him way too high in my estimation. Um, as I said, I put him at 22, but that's why we do it and put our heads together. Like I said, we both had Jalen Carter at uh, 18. Right at 18. Both of us, yeah. Um, most of these lists, from uh, I think it was from 8 to 8, 9, 10, 11, 
12, which we'll get to obviously in the coming days, exact same, which is amazing. Uh, eight, nine, 10, 11. So, you know, when you're around this team every day and both of us are, you get a big feel. Ed's got much more confidence in DeAndre Swift than I do. Hopefully Ed's right, but that's, that's, that's why he ended up a little bit higher than where I thought he should well, be. Well, my projection comes right in the middle with you guys. Uh, when, when you balance out your two scales, Ed, a little more positive, you a little less positive. I've got DeAndre Swift as my number 18, where you've got uh, Carter. And my number 17 is Brandon Graham, which is uh, uh, farther down the list than Jalen Carter. We'll get to where I have Jalen Carter. I've got him higher than you guys do as a combination. And I don't think uh, 18 is 17 is a bad number for BG because I think they're just going to give him less reps. He's a year older now. They'll expect those reps to be very productive as they were last year. Not an every down uh, edge rusher, but damn, he didn't get to the quarterback. And we know what he means as far as a leader goes to this team. But I think his numbers will be down because I think his snaps will be down. Uh, so I've got Brandon Graham at number 17. So uh, we'll continue to run down the list. Ed and John's combined my list of the best 25 Eagles heading into the 2023 season. It'll help us get to the actual opening of camp. Yes, which is still a bit away. Why can't it be tomorrow? Well, I got good news for you guys. We got Mike Gill coming up. I got a pair of good mics coming your way. Mike Gill from down the shore next. Mike Sealski a little bit later. So you need to stay right here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. You streaming in on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. And as always on Wednesdays, our bud from down the shore, Mike Gill, who, by the way, as we see already on the stream, we already got one commenter saying Mike Gill, number one guest. Not the first time. For some reason, despite his uh, complete uh, shameless plugs of T-shirts, People think Mike Gill knows what he's talking about. So uh, we always love it when Mike comes on. If you're a Mike Gill fan, hit the like button right now. That's how you say <laughs> yeah, maybe, that Mike maybe Dude, help guy, us out. Hit the like button right here, right now on Birds 365. And we'll shamelessly suck in some uh, pub for having Mike Gill on the show. All right, get it out of the way. What T-shirt you got on there, bud? I see an M. Old Miss baseball. I was at Old Miss years ago, and the T-shirt still fits. Ooh. Nice. Old Miss large at the time, baseball. Get, get it a little larger Old Miss. at the time. That's probably pretty smart. I had a kid that I coached. I had a kid that I coached commit to Old Miss, and then he decommitted. So really? I was at the campus, and uh, oh man, I, Oxford. When, when was I there? Had to be. I had to be. It had to be when I was in college almost, but uh, shortly after. But, but I will say this on the flip side, I'm John McMullen is and make 25 days till a transversation. Yeah, Ole Miss, though, what kind of baseball card? LSU just won the uh, College World Series. So what kind of what kind of baseball program do they have down there? I assume SEC I think, got to be pretty good. Yeah, so, I think all of them. School. You know, it's weird. Like, I had a kid commit to Vanderbilt, and then he decommitted from Vanderbilt. And I'm thinking, Vanderbilt, well, I didn't realize they were the number one team in the country at the time. So I think they kind of spin around down there in cycles of who's good, who's not. But LSU, Florida, they're generally very good. The, the other SECs, I think, kind of you know rotate around. So Ole Miss, generally pretty good. But all those SEC, I was just at Vanderbilt walking their campus and the baseball stadium. I mean, it's more impressive than their football stadium. Their football stadium's a joke down there. The yeah. baseball stadium is is something to see. Um, was the kid that you had that uh, committed decommitted to Vanderbilt a pitcher? Yeah, he's actually pitching at St. John's now. He just had Tommy John surgery, so I uh, had some arm problems, and it's part of the reason, you know, a lot of these pitchers, man, you get arm problems, nobody wants you anymore. But, no, he's pitching at St. John's. 
Vanderbilt yeah. is well known for developing pitchers. They've had a bunch of pitchers taken in the top rounds of the yeah. Draft. I think so, uh, Tracy Rocker's kid went to uh, Bandy. Um, he was a big time prospect. Yeah, he had a weird draft story where he got drafted. He didn't go. He pitched in the independents. I, I don't even know where he's pitching right now. Rocker, right? Yeah, Kum- Kumar, Kumar, Kumar Rocker. Yeah, yeah Kumar, Kumar Rocker. Uh, he did play. He was the 10th overall pick in the Mets. baseball draft by the Mets. Yeah, Mets. That is correct. Um, big kid, 6'5". Um, yeah, he's big-time prospect. Uh, where's he pitching now? Let me look. Uh, he's in the Rangers organization. Somehow, somehow. Yeah. Vanderbilt has over the last decade plus been very well known for developing pitchers. Good SEC team. Uh, <clears throat> and oh, by the way, and and by the way, uh, for those who don't know, Tracy Rockers, the Eagles uh, defensive line coach, interior yeah. defensive line coach. So that's why I bring that up um, uh, in his, you know, high level prospect. And of course, Ole Miss. Gave the Eagles a big gift last season. A.J. Brown is from Ole Miss, obviously. That's where he matriculated. I, I, I give more credit to the Tennessee Titans because they're the ones who had well, the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Hey, he's a couple of years removed Ole from Miss his Ole Miss stardom. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 tried to get uh, Jalen Hurts to go to Ole Miss. Didn't work out. I think I may have – when I was uh, in college – West Virginia played Old Miss in a bowl game, and Eli Manning was a freshman. He was the backup quarterback. They're down like 38 nothing. They put Manning in the game, and he damn near brought them back in the game. Yeah. Eli, Eli now since long gone as well. All right, uh, Mike, are you perchance, when you're done here with us, going to get in your car between now and when the sports bash hits the air, on 97.3 ESPN this afternoon. Going to get anywhere near Sea Isle City and the Ocean Drive this afternoon, <laughs> either late morning. You'll and- never get to the show. They'll, you'll no. never get to the show. I yeah. will not be there. It's um, it's a madhouse down at the Ocean Drive today. I know Kelsey is bringing the, the crew down there. I think his brother was there last year. Is his brother coming this oh, year? Yeah. They're doing oh, yeah. a live uh, podcast. Uh Oh, that's right. That's right. They're, they're they're taping the podcast there. This thing has gotten, I remember the first year it was down here and it was just like Kelsey with a tray, you know, there's like maybe 50 people at the bar. This thing, you know, I haven't, I don't go to CIL, especially in the summertime. I mean, you know, the line of demarcation down here, Jody, if you're in Atlanta County here, you don't cross over to Cape May County all that often, and they don't come up here. We're like two separate worlds. So I don't get to Sea Isle. Now, where, for those uneducated, where exactly is the county line that you're describing? So Cape May County begins when you, number one, from Summers Point, you go into Ocean City. That would, Ocean City is Cape May County. Or if you go from Summers Point over the bridge to Upper Township, like Marmora, Tuckahoe, over there. So that's where Cape May County begins. So Summers Point would be the line offshore, and then Longport would be the line in Atlanta for Atlanta so County. So what, what's, what's OC considered? Ocean, Ocean City. City is Cape May County. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. If, on you're the of, if you're north of Ocean City, you're out yeah. of Cape May County. 
Yeah, on the island, Ocean City would be the start of Cape May County. And off the island, Summers Point is where Atlanta County, and there's a bridge that separates them. So when you go over that bridge, you're going into another world down there. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm mainly an Ocean City guy, so I'm the Cape May County guy. Most yeah, but Ocean City is almost County. like kind of de facto, like Cape May yeah, County. It's kind of, okay. yeah, yeah, they they don't even recognize them really. Like the yeah. Cape May County people think Ocean City is like by, but I don't get down to Seattle. It's 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 crazy down in Seattle, Avalon, Stone Harbor this time of year. It, it, you can't even move. I can't yeah. imagine what that Ocean Drive is going to look like today. I yeah. saw somebody share an article on the web this morning, and there must have been 500 shares to this thing with people tagging people. I'm thinking, if all these people go from just this tagged article, you ain't getting a drink. Yeah, they got to cut people off, I would imagine. They're not going to have uh, enough room to. So I think it's going to be uh, a first well, come. I first haven't been to the Ocean Drive in years. But I think they do it outside, which I don't think is very big back there. No, it's not. Well, they did do it outside. I don't know how they're going to do it this time because, as you mentioned, there's not a ton of room. And that first year, yeah, it was like sort of more of a neighborhood thing more than anything else. Now it's exploded yeah. into what it is today. So, But it should be fun if you're down there. You know, just get there early if you want to be involved. Um and they're doing all kinds of contests and all that kind of stuff. So, and it's a good cause. So, uh, but Mike and I are in the same category when it comes to uh, fighting the crowds. We would rather not fight the crowds. So, uh, more off season guys. Now, off season football, we're getting closer to the season. Yeah. Um, not as much fun being an off season guy in football. Um, but I, I was talking about expectations because we're doing our top 25 list, our countdown, Ed Kratz and I at Sports Illustrated. Um, and we got to 18 and Jalen Carter. And I got to tell you, Mike, I was talking up a Jalen Carter like you would not believe uh, on the show yesterday. I think the kid is going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, best, most talented player in the draft. And to say the least, typically you don't get the most talented player in the draft if you just went to the Super Bowl. So right. there's some reasons, but nonetheless, that's the kind of talent you're talking about. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you constantly get in trouble with this fan base when you say something even remotely negative or, or constructive criticism. No matter. I just talked this get up a blue streak. And I still got crap, Mike, because it was like, oh, we know he's a beast. Yeah, but if you think everybody's a beast, you don't know what kind of a beast this is. And this is not the typical first-round pick coming to Philadelphia. But my point, my overriding point is, Mike, the expectations for this team are just so out of whack. Is that a concern at all? Because I'm starting to get concerned with it. Well, just look what's happening with the Phillies right now. They went to the World Series last year, and I think everybody thought that, okay, it's a rite of passage that you're just going to have a you know this fun regular season, 100 wins, you get back to the playoffs, and now you win the World Series. Well, not the case. Injuries come into play. 
And I said at the beginning of the Philly season that this was going to be a grind. It was not going to be fun. And you got to grind yourself back to the playoffs. Are the Eagles going to be in the same boat? Last year, they had no injury issues, essentially. I mean, you lost Hurts for two games. Uh, Maddox, maybe at the end of the season for a couple games here and there. But they really didn't have the injury bug. So that's something that has to be in the back of your mind. And the schedule's more difficult. You've got six new faces on defense. You've got two new coordinators. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong this year that they have to overcome. And if you overcome them, that will show you that this is truly a special team and a special organization in terms of where they are right now that could probably you know, have legs and be like the Chiefs are where they're constantly in play. But they really got to prove this year that they have the depth and the talent to overcome all, uh, you know, you keep thinking about they had no injuries last year, all the new faces. And the one guy you're putting this all on is Hurts. Well, they have Hurts. He's the best quarterback in the, in the division. And that's why this team should still be good. But all those other things you talk about, I don't know. Jalen Carter looks great. He was supposed to be the number one pick. He got himself in some trouble. We're just assuming he's going to be Aaron Donald all of a sudden. These things you don't know until you get out there. So I think there's a ton of questions that still kind of linger that we won't find out probably until like October. You know, that first month of the season is usually like an extended. Well, that's I'm glad you brought up that name because that's what I'm kind of talking about. Look, I think the kid's great. I think the kid's the best player in the draft. I, I don't remember the last time the Eagles got the best talent in the draft. Um. He's not going to be Aaron Donald, and if he is, he's certainly not going to be Aaron Donald day one. And I think there's a lot of people that expect him to be Aaron Donald, who's one one of the greatest defensive players in the history of the NFL. That is the kind of expectation I'm talking about. That's unrealistic. That's unrealistic for anybody. It, could he be that someday? I mean, the odds are against it. It, 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 it. Again, you're talking about one of the best players in history. To expect that is crazy. Crazy. And I talk the guy up nonstop. Right. But I think it's it's ridiculous. <clears throat> I'm trying to get a grasp on where you uh, are trying to rankle myself, John. Because on one hand, you're saying he's the best player in draft. The other one, you're saying slow your roll. Uh, well, which one is well, it? Was he the best player in the draft, or is it slow your roll? Slow your roll when the when the expectation is Aaron Donald. Slow your roll. There's literally maybe five players in the conversation with Aaron Donald, and I I know there's recency bias. You're talking about Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, J.J. Watts, Aaron Donald is in that conversation. So if that's your expectation, slow your roll. Is it me or did I feel like every player that I watched growing up, Dexter Manley, um, Bruce Smith, Andre Tippett, I feel like they're all better than the guys I watch now. Like you couldn't block it or were the offensive linemen just so lousy at that time? Like those guys felt like Chris Dolman. They just felt like they wrecked every single game they played and I think everybody has you know from their youth you you get attached to that era a little bit but 
there are certain guys and, and Aaron's one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, that guy's unblockable. Um, and the athletes are better today. Jody and I have this discussion all the time. Um, the game's not as aesthetic because of all the rule changes, but you can't hold that. Just like it bothers me when people say, you know, it, the, the probably the best example of this, guys, is the NBA because it's easier because it's, you know, more of an individual sport. And people say, well, Bob Cousy couldn't play today or Wilt wouldn't be anything today. And I'm like, the time machine can't work one way. It's got to work both ways, right? It's got to work both ways. In other words, if Will Chamberlain was born 40 years down the road with the same genetic advantages he had when he was, he's still Will Chamberlain. Um, whereas if Michael Jordan or anybody else had to go back to Wilt's era and you don't have all the advantages, the diet, the traveling, uh, you got to play 48 minutes every night. There's no load management crap. Uh, they're going to have those issues to deal with. So it kind of works both ways. And um, if you're great in your era, you're great. That, that, that to me is how I look, look upon it. But I don't know. A lot of people can't wrap their head around that part of it. And to Michael's credit, he did. He never did load management. He well, played 80, 82 he a did year. More when load he management than Will. You know how I know that? Because everybody did more load management. Because Will played every minute. Every sticking minute. He played more minutes in one season than there were possible in a regular season because of overtime. He played more minutes than possible when you look at 48 minutes per game nobody did that right nobody he, he stands alone there but jordan did play every single game every single year basically his entire career in the nba load made a load management came after jordan was over and done with being the best player in the nba um i uh, mike gill i don't know if you've caught it yet but jimmy kemsky has started his dumpster fire series in phillyvoice.com which is one of my favorite reads all year and I will admit to it right here, right now. The first time he wrote one of those, I didn't pick up on what he was doing. And I don't know if it was about the Giants, the, the they might have been the Redskins at the time, or the Cowboys. I'm going, man, that's harsh. Real, does he really think they're this bad? Oh, my God. He's just ripping them up and down. And I'm going, there's no balance to this. And that's the whole reason for writing the article. He's right. not uh, attempting to give you fair and balance. He's burying the other team. And went right over my head the first time I read one. Then I figured it out. Um, but just let me get your opinion on it. That's one of the reasons why I think we have these high expectations for the Eagles. I don't think it was that hard for Jimmy to write the dumpster fire article on these guys, including the Dallas Cowboys, who some people think are second only to the Eagles talent roster wise going into the season. Do you have legitimate fear that the Dallas Cowboys are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles for the division issue? Legitimate fear. Legitimate uh, fear. Yeah. I, if you ask me, do I think Dallas can win the division? Yeah, they're very good. Uh, I do. I think they're, I think they've improved. They've gotten, you know, last year you had a team that had basically a, a, a sieve playing one corner. They went out and got Gilmore. Is he the same Stephen Gilmore uh, from the Patriots days? Probably not, but he's better than whoever played over there last year. 
Uh, I think they're better there. I think the I think getting Elliott out of the offense gives the offense more dynamic ability. I think he was holding them back a little bit that they almost felt they had to use him and he served his purpose, but I think they're going to be a more dynamic offense. A lot of this lies on Prescott. Um, Is he going to turn the ball over? If he doesn't turn the ball over, they're damn good. Um, And now listen, do I, I think, I think both teams are pretty close. Philadelphia, we think, has the better quarterback, right? At this time last year, I remember vividly, you know, I had a guy that just would text in nonstop. He hated Hurts, and, he, you know, I, you know, I said, the difference to me was I think Philadelphia and Dallas were very close. They had Parsons, and they had Prescott, and I thought that made them the better team last year. Well, this year now, you have Hurts. Does that make you the better team? Because I think everywhere else – they're very similar. I think the Dallas Cowboys, yes, to answer your question, Jody, legitimately can win the division. They they almost won the division last year. They missed Prescott for how many games? Four or five games. They beat you once. They, they, they almost, if you lose by two games, have you almost won the division? Uh, football, probably. In a 17 yeah. game season, you lose by two games. Did you almost win anything? They won 12 games last year, 10. Right. 12. Pretty and good Eagles season. won 14. Well, right. You win 12 games most years. You've won your division. So they are very capable of winning this division. Yes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what we talk about. The Eagles, you know, sort of, they they might be a better team, as I mentioned earlier in the show before you came on, Mike, and, and, and win less games. Uh, because but they can you say the same of- thing about the Cowboys? Can the Cowboys this year win 10 and be a better team than the one that won 12 last year? Because sure. much like the Eagles, their schedule is significantly yes. harder too. Because yeah. they go on the Very AFC fair. East. Very fair yeah. to say that as well. All four, like, yeah. I think the Giants have improved. You know, Waller gives them a feature on offense they simply did not have last year. Um, Washington, a lot depends on the quarterback there. Obviously, we don't know what – we have an opinion of what we think Sam Howell might be. Uh, but if he can actually play a little bit, that's better than what they've had. Um, and I happen to like Hal. I think Hal's going to actually be a pretty good player for them. Their defensive front's very good. Uh, they got McLaren's a nice playmaker. You know, so I don't know that Washington's quite ready, but I don't think that they're a, <laughs> a dumpster fire anymore. Um. Uh, yeah, well, and especially one Daniel Snyder's officially – uh, gone and and that looks like it's going to happen before the start of the regular season so yeah. they'll start going what i don't like about washington and i always say this um if you have a lame duck at head coach or quarterback you're not going to be good you're not going to be good you're, you're, you're not because everybody recognizes it i say the same thing in minnesota with kirk cousins he's a lame duck they're not going to be good because as soon as adversity strikes um, people understand you you've already indicated you've already highlighted you don't believe in your current setup if you have a lame duck at coach or quarterback and it resonates throughout the locker room and it starts to show up that's my concern about Washington now maybe Josh Harris puts people in place and they say you know what we like Ron Rivera but typically when you have big changeover what do guys want to do they want to bring in their own people and that's certainly going to be at that position. But overall, 
Mike, I think it's a very good division. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Eagles fans don't like Cowboys. And, and they're a good team. They're a good team. Giants, they didn't replace. Better. They're not replacing six guys on defense, I can tell you that much. Yeah, and as you mentioned, their two biggest weaknesses, um, that second cornerback spot, they bring in Gilmore, who's not the player he once was, but is still a good player. And that second receiver, and they bring in Brandon Cooks, not a superstar, but he's a good player, even though he keeps getting traded for some bizarre reason. He's he's a productive, good player. Um, they're a good football team. The Giants, I don't think, are ready personally from a talent perspective, but they're still getting better. They're starting to yeah. make good decisions. They're heading in the right direction. This is a difficult division. It is no longer uh, the Eagles and everybody else or even the Eagles and Cowboys and everybody else. And remember, the one team that beat the Eagles with Jalen Hurts last year before the Super Bowl was Washington. So they have some talent. And you mentioned the defensive line. This is a good division. It's not going to be all peaches and cream. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that I uh, have some significant fear from a Cowboys standpoint this year. Fear is in for the Cowboys, not for the Eagles. I'm not 100% sold yet on the Eagle play calling going into the year. Both John and I, and I think you're with us on this, Mike, gave Shane Steichen tons of props for his ability to call plays last year. Better than anyone thought, including me. He was just phenomenal at it. And now you've got Brian Johnson stepping in. No, he's got this great relationship with Jalen Hurts, but calling plays for Florida on a collegiate level isn't calling plays on a Sunday afternoon in the NFL. He may be great at it. I hope he's Shane Steichen part two, but we don't know that yet. And I fear there's a drop-off. Not as big a drop-off as going from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy in Dallas. I was going to say, there's a bigger drop-off in Dallas with their change of play caller than there will be here in Philadelphia. Right. I was going to mention, you know, Dallas also is changing the play caller, which could impact their offense. I wonder if it's... I'm very intrigued to see how McCarthy, if he evolves as a play caller at all. But the one thing I thought last year, as I mentioned, I thought Pollard need to be more involved in the offense. Is he going to get Pollard more involved in the offense? You also have to keep in mind, I'm very intrigued. We talk about Washington. Everybody's been banging the drum for Biennemi. Why doesn't he get a head coaching job? Well, now he's going to get to run an offense and show that I am the guy running this offense. These are all my play calls, not just in the third quarter or the fourth quarter or this game second half. All of them, we're going to get to see how he impacts a game for Washington. That's something I don't know that they've had a lot of creativity in their offense uh, the last couple of years. So at, at keep that in mind, too. enemy is in this division and what he might add to what has been a challenged Washington offense over the last decade or two boy you know i hate to do this but i have to do it at mike gill's show by the way uh follow mike on twitter um the sports bash every day two to six down the shore um phenomenal job there um mike mccarthy man i don't get the hate there's so much hate for mike mccarthy i i i mean there are so many bad coaches. Let me in ask this you, John. League. How do you think the Jets' offensive coordinator is going to do this year, Nathan? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. Now, people, and and as Jody knows, I'm I'm the first one to say 
you know, Mike Gill, Jody McDonald, John McMullen, we would have won a lot of games with Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Mike McCarthy won a lot of games with Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Made the playoffs every year. Disappointment. They only got one Super Bowl. Um, I, how many times I hear that? Um, because you should have had more with Aaron Rodgers. It's not easy to win Super Bowls. So he won. His winning percentage in Green Bay is six eighteen, which is again, if you wanted to fall to Rodgers, all right. His winning percentage in Dallas is six hundred. I mean, I, 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 there, there are so many. And by the way, I'm not trying to say Mike is up there with Andy and and Bill and and the truly great coaches, but there's so many shitty coaches in this league. And people act like Mike McCarthy is this awful head coach. And it's just, it's not true. It is not true on any level. He's the Doc Rivers of football coaching. Maybe he is. Doc Rivers won a championship. Well, he had Garnett, Pierce, and and Ray Allen. So, of course, you're going to win the championship. You know, and he's had a ton of success outside of those guys, just never won the championship. So I was talking about this the other day, how you're either an elite player or you suck in in the fans' world. If you're not an elite player, you're not any good. And a lot like yesterday, Tobias Harris makes the comment that the fans would trade me for a crumbled cookie cookie. right now. And he's right. right. Where are you getting a six-foot-nine guy that shoots a three and blah, blah, blah and defends? The problem is Tobias Harris makes way too much money. Um, that's that's the pro- that you sign that deal, but that's what happens in these sports: is that the the salaries have gotten so out of whack that if you're one of these players who isn't considered elite and you sign one of those deals, you just are considered terrible. And McCarthy has put himself in this category of well, I only won because of this guy, and I haven't been able to win without that guy, but. You're right. He does win a lot of games for whatever reason he's perceived to hold teams back that they could have been better had it not been for him. Right. Yeah. My question on and what I brought up to Mike and and you, John, was play calling. What makes us think Mike McCarthy is going to be a better play caller than Kellen Moore? Well, A, I would say, and you know, I don't watch the Cowboys like I watched the Eagles obviously hey I didn't get like I I, I didn't get the fact that Kellen Moore was was Shane Steichen like and maybe that's too much credit to Shane maybe it isn't he I, had I really good games and then he'd go like haywire so I I don't I would say the starting point would not be as grand um as the Eagles is I think Brian has a more we saw Nick Sirianni versus Shane Steichen. Like Shane's a better play caller than Nick Sirianni. He proved it. Sorry, Nick. He proved it. Um, that's what Brian Johnson's walking into. Can Mike McCarthy be as good as as Kellen Moore? I don't think that's as daunting as a task. Could he be worse? Yeah, he could be worse. Um, I just I I, I there's this weird uh because of Rogers, probably. But he's won, you know, 12 games, 12 games, uh, back-to-back seasons in Dallas. And remember, they're not that good, according to most Eagles fans. Yet he's somehow winning 12 games. I I don't know how many. I got to count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven playoff uh, appearances, eleven playoff wins. 
that's people used to criticize Andy before he All won right. the Super Bowls in Kansas City. That same thing. Well, he got to the playoffs, but he didn't win. He got to the playoffs and he didn't win. Winning, and and to Nick Sirianni's credit, he says this all the time, show me good coaches, I'll show you good players. You got to have the best players, no doubt about that. But there are far worse coaches than Mike McCarthy in this league. 20 worse coaches easily than Mike McCarthy. That's where I don't get the, the absurdity that, oh, Mike McCarthy, that's why they can't win. He's already got one. All right. Everybody just write this down and remember this for the end of the year. The Dallas Cowboys under Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator the last two years in the National Football League. 2021, number one point scored in the National Football League. Last year in 2022 with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, Dallas Cowboys, number three in the National Football League. So the average is second. We'll see if the Dallas Cowboys come in with the second most points scored under my. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Mike McCarthy is their play caller. Well, I think one of the things with McCarthy that makes a lot of times when you're a conservative kind of play caller, you're not perceived to be this innovative, smart guy, and he does a lot of safe things. Sometimes just being the safe play caller, it's not flashy, but it wins a lot of games. If, if, if you know, you have that guy like an Aaron Rodgers that can, you know, make a lot of plays. If in Dallas, he remains a conservative play caller that should cut down Prescott's turnovers, but they might not score as much. So their scoring offense might not be as good, but they might be a more effective offense. Yeah, which is where which is where Mike got in trouble because you have this whole influx of, of, of uh, uh, social media, right? You have to do – everything has to be done a certain way. Like you have to go for it on fourth and one now on the plus side of the field unless Twitter pro- proclaims you an idiot. Um, now – if your quarterback is turning over the football and he can't really prove this, he can't really prove it. You know, the punt is not the worst thing in the world from the 49. 
if your quarterback is turning, leading the league in turnovers, turning over the football, you're not having success, but you're going to get labeled an idiot. So he said, well, sometimes what he was talking about is you got to manage games better. What Mike was talking about, you got to manage games better. You have to understand situations better. I don't have a problem with that. A lot of modern people in the NFL have a problem with that. And we have them on the show. We talk about the analytics versus uh, scouting all the time. And for the most part, I'd lean in the analytics category. But I do acknowledge that, hey, sometimes, like people say, you know, the Eagles are so good at it. So the assumption that everybody else is going to be so good at fourth and one is incorrect. Right off the bat. They don't have Jalen Hurts. Everybody talks about the tush push. I don't even think it's that big of a deal for Philadelphia because Jalen's going to get it anyway because he, he, you know, he can deadlift 600 pounds and he's so powerful. He's going to get a yard. Other quarterbacks, they're not going to necessarily get a yard, but people can play, oh, the Eagles do it. Ain't that easy. And to understand situations, to understand your particular team. I talk about the recklessness of, of Josh Allen all the time. Phenomenal player. He's too reckless. Dak Prescott turned the football over too much. I don't think it's 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 incorrect for Mike McCarthy to say, hey, we gotta we gotta fix that. And if you gotta fix that by being a little bit more conservative, you gotta fix it. Or you're in trouble. Then then I got a question for both of you two guys. If they're going to fix it, that means running the ball more. Pollard's certainly going to get more carries than they did last year. Who's going to get the carries that are left over that Zeke Elliott aren't going to get, didn't get? Well, you can, as the Eagles will tell you, you can find running backs anywhere. I'd I'd have to look at their depth. Yeah, Ronald Jones. I I think they signed Ronald Jones from Tampa. I mean, I, I. Either you guys looking for a bust out year from Ronald Jones? No, but oh, I think it's, I think what John is saying, and I would agree with, is how many running backs have you just been like, where the hell did that guy come from? You know, who knew who Alexander Madison was? Well, guess what? He now supplanted Dalvin Cook to where they got let Cook walk. No one ever heard of the guy. But we'll see if we'll see like, if that works. Just because well, they, they anoint him as the starting back doesn't mean he's going to be as effective as Dalvin Cook was. Madison's been pretty darn good when Cook's been hurt. Over the last three seasons, he has. That's why they felt comfortable enough because when now he's not, he might not be as dynamic or better than Cook. But point is, there's guys who have been highly productive that no one ever heard of. Ronald Jones was actually a guy people should have heard of. He played at USC and and was a pretty well thought of guy. But I think he had some injury issues down. And in obviously, camp. they franchised Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's a good. They drafted uh, Deuce Vaughn. He's a little undersized to me. Um, oh, right. Deuce Vaughn is there. Yeah. They have, they have a kid called Malik Davis. I have no idea. Rico Dowdle. The point is, same thing with the Eagles. I mean, like we're, we're talking about DeAndre Swift. Well, he's never had more than 617 yards. And, and people are, oh, all right, we got DeAndre Swift. I mean, Rashad Penny, you've seen the talent in, in, in small sample size. Kenny Gainwell. Whether you liked his playoff run, I liked it more than Jody, but whether you liked it or not, he's certainly not proven. Boston Scott's certainly not uh, in the conversation other than 
when the New York Giants are on the schedule. And Trey Sermon, the only thing he's done is 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 get mentioned by the head coach. All right. So um, let, let me let me ask each of you guys, and and I'll let you guys decide who's the Eagles' number one back. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Swift. Would you say Swift too? Well, according to Vegas, uh, I talked about this last week. Penny over under six hundred yards. Swift was like five seventy eight. So they think it's going to be Penny. Although it sounds like a rotation to me. All right. Well, pick one of the two, Mikey. I would. I think if Penny's healthy, he would be the guy. My, uh, John, you okay with going and Penny? Or are you going to fight the fight for Swift? Well, I that Swift is going to be the lead back. Okay, so Swift is the guy. McMullen's McMullen's staunch on it's going to be Swift. All right. The Eagles are the backs, not DeAndre Swift. The Cowboys are the backs, not uh, Pollard. Who's got the better group of backs? Well, I think the Eagles have the better group of backs, no question. But I think what has stood out here is that Pollard. I think Pollard was the other guy for too long, and now he's the guy, and that should make them better. I mean, I would, I would, I would agree that the Eagles are deeper. Uh, but if you're asking me who's got the best back between the two teams, it's the Cowboys by a mile. Yeah, Pollard, Pollard would be the best of the lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll go this far. The Eagles will have one of their backs will have a better average per carry than uh, uh, Pollard this year. Well, I don't know how important that is. I mean. Well, you know, Penny averaged six yards a carry last year, for God's sakes. Yeah, and, and a lot of that is, you know, one of the reasons I'm not concerned, by no means am I concerned with the Eagles' running game. And part of the reason I talked this back to the draft and B. John Robinson, you don't need a great running back because Jalen Hurts is manipulating the spacing uh, on the defense. So to me, yards per carry – yeah, the Eagles might have a better yards per carry than the Cowboys, but they have Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts. They don't have the same spacing ability, the same spacing manipulation. What I'm not going to say is the Eagles have a better back than Tony Pollard. They don't. Who, That's, who that do would be think, lying to Who people. do you think will pass for more yards this year, Dallas or Philadelphia? Probably um, Dallas. It'll be close. It'll be close, but I would guess I would. I would. Boy, the Eagles. Although I guess you're assuming (laughs) Dallas because the Eagles are good. Of what more, how more called the game? How is McCarthy going to throw the ball as much? That factors in here. Mm. I would say the Eagles. The Eagles are. I would say the Eagles. I would say the Eagles. Now, here's a key one Who's going to rush for more yards this year, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Probably the Eagles because of the quarterback. Okay, so then why are we worrying about the Cowboys? If the Eagles are going to throw, if the Eagles are going to throw for more yards than the Cowboys, they're going to run more yards from the Cowboys. They're going to score more points than the Cowboys. Well, they're going to win more I'll, games I'll than ask, the Cowboys. Why you are this. you worrying about the Cowboys, Mike Gill? I would ask you this, Jody. Justin Herbert throws for a lot of yards, and Austin Eckler does a lot of things. But you know what they don't do? Win a lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> they I, have I, a dynamic offense. Wins. You got to play defense. Dallas plays good defense. You got to play defense too. Dallas plays good defense. 
with Philadelphia. That's a, that's a good point. That may be the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys, who plays better defense. And right. I got questions about the Cowboy defense. Right. Dallas plays I good defense. I don't know what Philadelphia's defense is going to look like that's, right now. That, that is fair yeah. because of yeah. linebackers and safeties. All right, Gil, we kept you over a half an hour. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, you're gonna even though you lied to us and you're gonna be running down the sea aisle. To go see Jason. No, he's not. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Mike Gill is staying right yeah. there in his own. Oh, we kept you so long, he's but the conversation nowhere. is so good, Mike Gill. We had to keep you. All right. Apologize. Feels Apologize. like we're getting close to camp, boys. We're getting close. We are right. doing just that. Mikey Gill would we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, brother. Mike Gill here with us on Bridge 365. All right, quick timeout, come back. Still got an hour to go. Got Mike Sealski joining us in uh, about 10, 12 minutes. So stay right here on Bridge 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birch 365. Thank Mike Gill for jumping in. He's down the shore, but he's staying for it. He's getting nowhere, nowhere near Seattle City. If you're in the car on the way down, have a great time. If you're going to Jason Kelsey's Beach Beer Fair Fest, uh, being broadcast on WIP and on NBC Sports later on this afternoon. Uh, if you're not heading down, you can check some of it out. It's a great job by Jason Kelsey uh, raising uh, money for Eagles uh, fight against autism. So uh, kudos to him and anybody who heads down there and contributes in any way. Uh, thank Mike Gill for hopping on. Mike Sealski is going to join us now here in less than 10 minutes. Uh, when we had Mike Gill on, we were talking about the Cowboys and uh, the fact that Jimmy Kemsky's running his dumpster fire columns this week, he's already gotten the entire division done. Now, if Jimmy sticks to form and what he's done the last several years, he's going to actually write an Eagle dumpster fire. Oh yeah, well. he is. And he's going to rip them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. Don't be a dope like Jody McDonald. The first time I read one of his columns and thought it was done as if that was exactly what he, but no, he's reaching. He He's absolutely emphasizing the potential downside. Sometimes they're not that hard. Sometimes it's very much a reach and he's going to have to reach with the Eagles since they were 14 and three last year. And we're tied in the Super Bowl with 10 seconds to go. So uh, we know where they're coming from going into the season. But I thought his one about the Cowboys was kind of on point because people are calling the Cowboys the second best team in the NFC behind the Eagles and or those with a Cowboy bent believing they can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't. I, I just think the Eagles are better than they, are. they were last year. I think they are on paper this year, going into this year. And the one that kind of rang home for me more than anything else was the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have not been in an NFC championship game since 1995 now at some point maybe in the rest of my lifetime maybe not they, they will get back to an nfc championship game shoot maybe it's this year i don't think so 1995 john that's now a long time yeah it's uh, over ten thousand days uh jimmy but you know at, and and by the way nick sirianni has pointed this out when you know people ask him questions about um you know Arizona, I, that sticks in my mind. The Eagles hadn't won in Arizona for a for a long time. First of all, they don't play out there very much, right? That, um, that's different. and they they ended playing twice. They lost in the Super Bowl, but you know he would always bring up, you know, what the hell does that have to do with me? What 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 does that have to do with AJ Brown? He brought up AJ. It's like what what does AJ Brown care about that? Um, there's such turnover in the NFL. I, you know, I, I, there's certain degrees. Now, if you want to put that on Jerry Jones, I'm with you. I was going to say two words, Jerry Jones. Yeah. And they're I, the if, entire if you time. Wanna, if you want to put that on an organization making bad decisions, um, yeah, I mean, there's something to it. But as far as the players, man, they don't give a rat's, you know what, about that kind of stuff. Um, nor should they. And it doesn't have much to do with them. Now, if you want to talk about specific histories of, we just talked about McCarthy, you can talk about Dak. They haven't had great recent playoff history either. That Then it's more relevant, a little bit more relevant. Whatever year is different. Um, the Eagles looked awful and not ready for the playoffs um, in Tampa. And then they come back a year later. And 
you know, there were some talks. Are they ready? They were such a good team. There wasn't even that much of it. But they were completely different in one year. And everybody knew they were going to wax the New York Giants. And they did. And, excuse me. Now they got, I'm not going to use the word help because that was a clean hit from Hassan Reddick. And I think if Brock Purdy is healthy, the Eagles win that game easily, to be honest. Not as easily, but easily. Um, And then you get to the Super Bowl. We know what happened in the Super Bowl. My point is that's how drastically things change in one year just with the local team. It can happen with any team. And, yes, the Dallas Cowboys are any team. So what 1995 or 1996 has to do with guys, some of them who weren't even born, it's got nothing, nothing to do with it. But, yeah, with Jerry. Yeah, I'll stay away from using the word nothing. You said it. I'll repeat it. Jerry Jones. He was there in 1995. He's there now. He is the owner and the most important individual tied to the Dallas Cowboys with the most influence on Dallas Cowboys. And when the same person is the person in charge, I think you can't use the word, what does 1995 have to do with 2000? I don't think you can use the word. Well, yeah, you, 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 you shut off. I said, now with Jerry Jones? Yeah, you can point to Jerry Jones. I'm saying with the players, nothing, nothing. A lot of them weren't born. As I said, how could it have anything to do with them? The the owner, the head coach of the Eagles, says it himself. What the hell does that have to do with AJ Brown? Nothing, nothing. That's all I'm trying to say. Now with Jerry Jones, yes, it is fair to criticize Jerry Jones. It's fair to criticize Jerry Jones for having a couple gin and tonics and getting mad that people gave Jimmy Johnson too much credit and from that day made a bad decision to move on from a good football coach who built a a, a dynasty in, in essence. And Barry Switzer might have been the worst NFL coach to win a Super Bowl because it was Jimmy's team. Mm-hmm. Yes, with Jerry Jones. But I'm saying with Tony Pollard, we were talking about Tony Pollard. I don't know how old Tony Pollard is, but none of that has anything to do with Tony Pollard. That's all I'm trying to say. And my saying that Jerry Jones has more impact on the Dallas Cowboys than any one individual player. He is the number one person who has an effect on how good the Cowboys are year in and year out. Well, I agree because decision-making, if you make bad decisions and you put together bad rosters, but there have been bad executives that win championships because they get, you know, maybe they get the number one overall pick and they get a, a generational quarterback. Um, you know, we talk about tanking all the time in Philadelphia for obvious reasons and the Sixers. That was the whole goal. I don't think anybody looks at Sam Hinkie and says, boy, that guy's a great basketball mind. That guy's a, a tremendous personnel guy. His whole plan was, all right, I'm just going to get the next LeBron James or the next Michael Jordan, and they're going to be he's going to be so good, we're going to win a bunch of championships. Hasn't worked out that way. Um, I'm with you as far as the executive. I'm not going to blame that on players. And they have some good players. 
And can they overcome a bad executive? On, on a given year, maybe. Is it more difficult? Yeah, I'll say that. But it's got nothing to do with the players. That's all I'm saying. Right. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the organization as a whole, where the most important guy is the same guy who's over 37, 20, uh, math never a strong, 27 years since last they made it to a championship game, let alone a Super Bowl. He is John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac. We got another Mike jumping in the fray. Gil was our number one. Sealski is our number two of the, of the Inquirer and WIP. Going to join us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
back, guys, here with you on Bird 365. We are lucky enough to get one of the top columnists in Philadelphia and radio hosts on the weekends with Glenn Mack now on WIP, Mike Sielski, who I got lucky enough to be able to do a show with last week. Good to talk to you again, Mike. Always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it. Here you is my it, first question. Um, John and I were just debating this. Need you involved. On a scale of zero to ten, zero being laugh out loud funny, how do you even ask that question, Jody? Ten being, to quote our co-pal, uh, Glenn Mack now, in the fetal position, crawled up with the coverage pulled up over your head. What is your fear level that the Dallas Cowboys will go further into the playoffs this year than the Philadelphia Eagles, zero to ten? <laughs> no, sorry. Um, <laughs> show me evidence of that happening all that often in the last 30 years, and uh, and then I'd worry about it. Hmm. Um you know, the Cowboys, for whatever reason, you can blame Jerry Jones, you can blame Mike McCarthy, you can blame whatever you want to blame, uh, generally are the most underwhelming franchise in the NFL. When they're really, really good during the regular season, they burp it up during the playoffs. Uh, we saw that, for instance, in 2016, uh, when they lost to the Green Bay Packers at home. We saw it in 2007, when they lost to uh, Eli Manning and the New York Giants at home, setting the stage for that Super Bowl where the Giants beat the Patriots and ended their unbeaten season. So, uh, look, in some ways, the two teams, the, the Cowboys and the Eagles, are inverses of each other, right? Where, And I know we don't like to talk like this about a team in Philadelphia. You don't like to gush over a hometown team. At least I don't. Uh, I'm always kind of worried that uh, I come off as a homer or something like that, but the Eagles really have established themselves as one of the elite franchises in the NFL, and they deliver in respects that the Cowboys never seem to deliver. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are perennially uh, not meeting expectations, and the Eagles very frequently in recent years have been exceeding those expectations. So if I were the, an Eagles fan, I wouldn't be too, too worried about the Cowboys. Right. Well, you got good, it. I, good well, I hold say on. this. Man. Hold on. Good answer, except you didn't answer. Give me a number. Zero to ten. Uh, one and a half. petrified. One point five. All right. Now, I, I'm, I'm two things. I feel like I'm the Cowboys apologist on the show. That's going to do. That's going to go well. But uh, on, on my social media. But I'll say this, Mike. Um, you got to worry about somebody, right? It's not going to be all. Oh, I don't think it's going to last. John, as John, as my friend Alan Iverson would say, it ain't all peaches and cream. Yes, <laughs> we use peaches and cream, and it's going to be difficult. If San Francisco, Dallas, the NFC doesn't look great on paper. Dallas has won twelve games two consecutive years. They got to have some talent. Now, I, you might remember this because I I remember it well during the Arizona game not the Super Bowl, when they went out to Arizona mm -hmm. last year, the Eagles had not done very well in Arizona. That They don't play out there that much. And that got brought up to Nick Sirianni. And Nick said, what the hell does that have to do with me? Mm -hmm. what, what, and he actually brought up A.J. Brown's name. What does that have to do with A.J. Brown? Why does A.J. Brown care about that? But there's such turnover in the NFL. What I was saying to Jody now, when you want to gauge a front office, the Eagles have a better front office than the Cowboys. I think that's fair. That so that history, that 
uh, Jerry Jones history. I think that's real. But when we talk about 10,000 days, the Cowboys haven't been in a championship game. What does that have to do with the young? What does that have to do with Mozzie Smith, their first round pick? Sometimes you have talent in a given year in the NFL. And sometimes it's your year. And the Cowboys are starting at a good baseline with as a 12-win team and adding Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks to two of their weaknesses. So devil's advocate, why not the Cowboys on a given year? Well, look, John, at some point you're going to be right. I mean, you just are. That's, that's the law of averages, and the odds are that one of these days the Cowboys uh, will get past the divisional round of the playoffs and – get back to a championship game and get back to the Super Bowl. And and look, it's it's very possible it will be this year. You're, you're right. I mean, I'm kind of playing along with, with Jody's question to a certain extent, but I think you're underselling the effect that Jerry Jones and his front office decision-making has on the franchise as a whole. I would agree with you if you look, if you look at the totality of uh, the, the last 25 to 30 years, okay, and Jeffrey Lurie has owned the Eagles that entire time. Yeah. And there have been there, – there's a profile, generally speaking, for the kind of coach that Jeffrey Lurie wants to hire and the kind of decisions the Eagles make. But even within those confines, they've had much more diversity, I would argue, in their approaches than Jerry Jones does. Because I think Jerry Jones, to a greater degree than just about any other owner and certainly any other player personnel director in the NFL right. – takes other factors into consideration other than is this going to win us games on the field? Jerry Jones wants the Cowboys to be interesting. He will sign players and acquire players and make moves to keep them interesting. Does he want to win? Of course he wants to win, but he also takes the interesting aspect to a greater degree than any other owner or player personnel guy does. And I think that's the secret anti-sauce, if you will, that keep yeah. out. And I think that, by the way, I think that part's fair. The Eagles have a much better run organization, and that makes it easier. That increases the margin of error for the Eagles versus mm-hmm. the Cowboys is, is how I look at it. But you know this town, Mike, and I brought up Sam Hankey. Guess what? If Sam Hankey, who I don't believe is a great basketball mind, he wasn't making all these great personnel moves, his whole – his whole game was getting the next LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If he got the next LeBron James, he would have won a title, but he didn't. And he was still would have been the same executive. Yeah. Not, not a perfect parallel only because LeBron, a LeBron James or a Steph Curry or a Giannis, or even a, to a lesser degree of Joel Embiid can have such an outsized impact on yeah, a franchise and the, and the league. Different. You know, I, I wrote about, about this talent. I'm talking about talent. As a whole. Yeah, the Cowboys but, have the best talent. You know that can overcome a bad front office, okay. and and I don't necessarily think they have the best talent. I'm just saying there's 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 a chance just because it it didn't happen before doesn't mean it's going to not happen in perpetuity. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, they're making a good run at it. <laughs> Uh, fair, fair enough. Mikey, yeah, uh, it sounds like both you and I are not very much in fear of the Cowboys this year. Who should we be in fear of? 
I am one of the bigger Brock Purdy fans in the Delaware Valley. I the don't biggest, think I would argue. Okay, the <laughs> biggest. Um, I don't think he's gotten near enough credit for what he did last year. And I think whether it's purposefully or subconsciously, people can't get past the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant and the last pick in the draft. And they just want to look past the numbers that he put up in his six regular season starts and his start against Seattle in the playoffs. It's as good a seven-game run as anyone in the National Football League had last year, including guys named Hertz, Mahomes, Herbert, Allen. It doesn't matter. He was Mr. Irrelevant. So who the hell cares about Brock Purdy? I think he's, he, 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 he showed up and showed out last year. I think it's San Francisco, and then I think the drop-off is significant. Everybody else. I think the 49ers are legit contender to the Eagles winning the, the NFC and going back to a Super Bowl. And then the drop-off is huge. Something it's Dallas number two, San Francisco number three. Something it's Dallas and San Francisco together. Then a drop-off. Do you agree with me that San Francisco is far and away the biggest challenge? The Eagles going back for the ball. On paper, Jody, yes. But the thing about the NFL is that you never know. You absolutely never know. The Cincinnati Bengals weren't a contender until boom, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase kind of made them one coming out of a season where nobody would have thought that they would have been considered contenders. Uh, and so the possibility is there, if not, I would say the likelihood is there that a team we're not thinking of or talking about is going to shoot towards the top of the NFC standings. Uh, who that team might be. I mean, I have some guesses. I'm really curious to see what green Bay looks like with Jordan love. Um, just because I'm curious, you know, we've been waiting on Jordan love for so long and uh, I want to see what he looks like. Uh, th this is totally out of the blue. I acknowledge this is totally out of the blue, but I admire the job that Arthur Smith has done in Atlanta the last couple of years. Wow. Re you know, ringing seven wins a year out of that team with that roster. And so a couple of changes here and there, maybe, you know, Ritter is a little bit better than everybody thought he was going to be. I'm not saying they're going to challenge the Eagles. I'm just saying that we don't know. We really don't know. And who thought the Giants were going to come out of the shoot winning six of their first seven games last year? Uh, and, you know, by the end of the year, have the entire New York media saying, of course you give Daniel Jones a long-term contract. Why would you think otherwise? Um, so I'm with you, Jody, that San Francisco on paper absolutely looks like a challenger and it wouldn't, the, the Eagles primary challenger. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a repeat of the NFC championship game, uh, from last year, but you know, beyond that, I think there's probably a team we're not talking about very much. That's going to surprise everybody. By the way, Cincinnati, good point, Mike. Uh, I, I go back to, they were a bad organ. They're still a bad organization. I mean, they are run shoestring, but with all due respect to Howie Roseman, who is a deserving executive of the year. And I've said this on the show a couple of times, Duke Tobin should be given every award because that guy's got like two employees and, and they run that thing and they have this roster. And part of it is, look, you draft at the top for a long time. You start getting great players, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, as you mentioned, on and on and on and on. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you go, oh, Cincinnati's pretty stinking good. Yeah. And but I don't think it's going to continue because they're going to go back to being Cincinnati when some of that talent ages out and all of a sudden you're back into a, a negative fashion. But yeah, 
the NFL, always somebody jumps up. Chicago, too, with Justin Fields. Uh, somebody's got to win that division, uh, the NFC North. Minnesota's taking a step back. Looks like they're rebooting. They have a lame duck quarterback. We, sorry, John, not to interrupt. We didn't even mention Detroit, who has become yeah, the Detroit, fashionable pick, the fashionable pick, yeah. you know, to, to be the team that's on the come. So who yeah. knows? Uh, Detroit, Seattle, too, is another team. But I think you're right, Mike. Somebody's going to jump up there that we're not thinking about, and it's not going to be all peaches and cream. And that's, you know, I've been talking about this today. The expectations for this team, I mean – I don't think the Eagles themselves are going to buy into it, but do you think there's a subconscious effect that that seeps in the building a little bit? Because I, I got a lot of fans who think getting back to the Super Bowl is a cakewalk. It, it's just a given, and it ain't a given. Jason Kelsey was just talking about this. So many things have to align to get to a Super Bowl. It, expectations concern you yeah they do um for two reasons number one i think you're right i think fans get conditioned after a season like the one the eagles just had had to think that it will be that easy so to speak again um i mentioned this on the radio uh, a couple of days with rob ellis on wip uh where i we were talking about the beginning of the 2018 season the season after the eagles had won the super bowl where they struggled to beat Atlanta uh, in their opener at home and then pretty much got their doors blown off by the Buccaneers in Tampa in week two. And fans were an apoplexy. Like, oh my gosh, you know, get Carson Wentz in there. Uh, Nick Foles has lost the magic, blah, blah, blah. And, and to your point, John, I think it did kind of seep into the locker room just a little bit. And it, and it took Foles coming back at the end of that season for that team to kind of get a bit of its mojo back and get into the playoffs and, and make another run. Uh, so I, I do think that's in play because look at what that team did last year where they were just, you know, roundhouse kicking teams throughout the yeah. middle of that schedule. Yeah. You know, oh, Tennessee is going to be a test. Well, no, they're not. Uh, Green Bay might be a test with Aaron Rodgers. Well, they put up 40-some points against the Packers. Uh, and it was only, you know, the game against the Bears in Chicago when Hurts got injured and things were kind of dicey there that kind of brought everybody back down to earth. So I think that that thinking is going to be prevalent among the fan base. I think the Eagles uh, would do well to kind of try to mitigate that as much as they can, whether you're talking about uh, – Speaking about it, you know, leaders talking about it, Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, guys like that, uh, reminding the team and the public at large, uh, it's not going to be this easy again, uh, just because it, it rarely is. Yeah, but, <laughs> all right, let's do this. And I've done this exercise before, done on the radio for, for years. Uh, and I'll get both of you two guys on the record. Somebody hands you, 10,000, 20,000, whatever the number needs to make it real for you, okay? And hand you this money to go wager on the upcoming NFC season. You can't keep it. You can't put it in your pocket. You have to bet it. But if you win, you get to keep it all. So it's a nice little significant bump to your yearly salary. Make it 10,000 bucks. You get to bet it this year. Where are you betting it? To win the NFC. 
Eagles two plus two fifty, which means two and a half to one. 49ers plus four twenty five, which means four to one plus. Dallas plus six hundred, six to one. Lions t- uh, ten to one. Seahawks eleven to one. Saints thirteen to one. Vikings fourteen to one. Giants twenty five to one. Falcons, Mike, twenty five to one. Uh, Green Bay Packers thirty. Bears thirty. Commanders forty. Carolina forty. Tampa forty five. Wouldn't put a penny on Tampa. Are you kidding me? You're going to bet that quarterback. Uh, Rams 45 to 1 and the Cardinals 100. You got $10,000 just gifted to you. You need to make it. You need to bet it and make it more or lose out on 10000 bucks. Where are you putting your $10,000, Sielski? Yeah, I would put it on whoever was favored. Of course, if that's the choice. If I if I lose it, you know, no. I just I just want to keep it. Um, you know. If I want the maximum return of my investment compared yeah, to that, the that's amount, a question. that's yeah. a different question. Yeah. And then, then I might not bet on the Eagles. In fact, I probably wouldn't. I might bet yeah. on the Detroit Lions. Or no, it's a win or lose thing. Either you win or you lose. Who you but I on? mean, it's bound money. If it's my own money, somebody's yeah. got my gun in my head. Then I'm probably betting on the Eagles. Now, if I find the the money, and for some reason, um. You know, some genie gives it and says, I can't keep it. And, and Jody's example, then I'm going, hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to bet on I'm going to I'm a little bit of a score. I might bet on the Lions to make right. that. But run. if you bet the Lions and you lose, you lost ten thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. But I'm saying it's not my money. It's bound money. So I might go for the big score. It's partially score. It's your different. money. It's been given yeah. to you and you but have, have it. You it. just got to bet it. I have to bet it on the NFL season. So it's not really my money. So I want, I want, I want the big score, which I think is what Mike is saying. Yeah. And this also just occurred to me, Jody, in your example, um, I would be less likely in your example to vote, to, to put my money on the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll tell you why. I feel like as good as the 49ers are, even with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, you know, who may be a great story and may come back healthy this year and be very solid or whatever. They have so much more that has to go right for them as a team, because even if Purdy exceeds expectations, he's not Jalen Hurts and he's not Aaron Rodgers and he's not Joe Burrow. So, you know, I might be less inclined to to go with that. Is he Dak Prescott? No, no. We'll I don't think he that. is. I don't uh, think he is. No. Oh, well, you know, and by the way, we had Colin Thompson on the show, but Jody wasn't here. Colin, ooh, you would have been all over Colin. He just he just ripped Brock Purdy to high heaven. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I I've been on this camp uh bandwagon. That's why I bring up Colin. He said the same thing, but he's a big Sam Darnold guy because he used to play with him. Oh, um okay. So there's always one, which, which, by the way, sorry to interrupt you, John, Sam Darnold, one of the key signings in the NFL offseason, because if Purdy gets hurt and uh, Trey Lance isn't as good as everybody thinks, it'll be Sam Darnold coming into the NFC championship game against the Eagles, not Josh Johnson. Oh, my God. Game's over. Everyone can get up and leave now. San Francisco has armed themselves with actual NFL quarterbacks in case of injury this year. Unlike last year in the championship game. Yeah. Well, here's my point about the 49ers. And 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 Jody's right. And Brock played extremely well. You got to give him credit. He did a tremendous job down the stretch of the season. Um, 
I will not believe he tore his UCL. Now, there are positive reports coming out. If he's there week one, I'll come on the show every day and say I was wrong. I do not believe he's going to be ready week one. Uh, just from knowing the history of that injury with baseball and everything else. He's a quarterback. He's got to throw the ball, and he's got to throw the ball effectively. That's a very serious injury. So here's what I'm throwing at you, Mike. Go ahead. I'm with you, John, and just just one addition to that. It's not the same injury, but it is a comp in terms of uh, the damage that an arm injury can do to a quarterback's career. Yeah. And you're going to let – you might chuckle at the name I'm going to throw out there. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. You know, Mark Sanchez was never going to be a great quarterback. Don't misunderstand me. But Mark Sanchez was not as good as he might have been before damaging his shoulder with the Jets early in his career. Again, I'm not suggesting the shoulder injury kept Sanchez from being the second coming of Joe Montana. I'm just saying he was a lesser quarterback for that injury. But it, and and here's what I run quick question: Should the Eagle fans be worried about the shoulder injury that? Jalen Hurts had last year? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a little maybe. bit. Although he looked, all, he looked all right after yeah, he, he looked, suffered. He, 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 okay looked pretty, he looked after. pretty good in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl so yeah. I think he's going to be fine, but we'll see. Um, now, from San, the San Francisco perspective, it, they're a very good team, as they proved last year uh, with Brock. It, 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 if he's not ready for week one, and I brought this up with Jody, Sam Darnold, maybe Trey Lance, more likely Sam Darnold. And they start out 5 and 0, 5 and 1. You're going to bench Sam Darnold? No. Brock Purdy's just coming back? No. No yeah. chance. Yeah. No chance. Um because the 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 narrative, maybe even the reality might be that Kyle Shanahan and his offense can unleash something in Sam Darnold that was not unleashed with the Jets or the Carolina Panthers. There's a reason Darnold was the third pick in the draft, right? There just is. It can't, it can't totally be that everybody just missed that he can't play. Okay. Um, I mean, it's possible that happens from time to time. Mitch Trubisky was what the second pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not, you know, maybe, maybe Darnold is another Trubisky. It's certainly possible. Uh, but from the, the physical traits that Sam Darnold has are better than the physical traits that Brock Purdy has. And if the 49ers are 5-0, and 6-0 with Sam Darnold, I got to think Kyle Shanahan is going to stick with Sam Darnold. That would yeah, be my guess. Here would be my prediction. If uh, Brock Purdy in the regular season games that he played last year, I'm a bigger fan of uh, passer rating than John is. I think it's the best of a bad lot of ways to rate quarterbacks, but it is the best. His quarterback rating was the best of any quarterback in football last year, 107.5, better than Mahomes or Hurts or anybody else. If Sam Donald's got 107.5 and he's 5-1, and one, oh, they won't be pulling him. You guys will be right. Sam Donald will stay right there. I'll go out on a limb here and say Sam Donald, in his dreams, doesn't have 107.5 quarterback rating. His career one is, I'll uh, look it up for you real quickly. My guess is it's going to be somewhere in the 80s. Oh, sorry, I overestimated. 78.2. Uh, yeah, I don't think Sam Darnold will be throwing 100 quarterback rating, even if the 49 If the 49ers are 5-1 with Sam Darnold as quarterback, I'll tell you it'll be much more about their defense and their offense. Look, Jody, it's going to be much more about their defense and everything else, you know, and, and the other parts of their offense 
than their quarterback anyway. Remember, like they beat the Cowboys last year. Brock Purdy wasn't the reason they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys because their defense took the ball away from Dak Prescott or Dak Prescott had a bad game, however you want to look at it. Purdy did not win them that game. And I don't think Purdy was beating the Eagles in the NFC Championship game either before Hassan no, Reddick, no. you know, separated his arm from the rest of his body. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. It was not looking good early for the 49ers. It would have been closer, wouldn't have been the blowout. I I think they would have been competitive, but I do think the Eagles win the game. At Mike Sealski, make sure uh, you follow Mike on Twitter. Uh, obviously does a tremendous job at, at the Inquirer, Inquirer.com. Uh, one of the best columnists, I would say, in the country, never mind Philadelphia, at Sports Radio WIP. You can listen to him on the weekends. The big book coming up, The History of the Slam Dunk. I'm looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, that hit the, Mike, the bookstore. I, uh, I, I apologize. I didn't ask you about that on WIP okay. on Saturday. Shame on me forgetting. Thanks for reminding me, John. When is that coming out? Probably next year. I have until uh, my official, yeah, my official deadline slash tentative deadline to get the manuscript in is mid-November. Uh, so once I submit the manuscript, then it takes time from there. So 2024 on that one. Uh, I'm trucking along with the writing and the research. It's going well. I appreciate I appreciate you guys mentioning it. Well, that's one thing about you sports authors. You, 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 it's way too long to write books. You got to be quick. You got to pump them out. <laughs> I got to think Your through this. Your book, Gary yeah. Meyer's book. I've been waiting forever. I wait forever for you guys' stupid book. I get all excited about it. And it's the, yeah, talk to me in about 14 months. What do you mean 14 months? Jody, here's the problem. that once It doesn't take us all that long, relatively speaking, to actually write the book. Yeah. The back end of the process, once you submit the manuscript and it has to be fact-checked and formatted and they have to pick out a cover and you have to get the blurbs, once the publisher gets it, that's when it really takes time. So uh, believe me, if it were up to me, I'd finish the manuscript in November and the damn thing would be out by the NBA All-Star break. But uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Now you sound like an Eagle fan. It's got to be someone else. Got to be now. Got to be now. Somebody else oh, other than me. Right. It's the referees. Those damn referees always hate Philadelphia. All right, yeah. Mike. Always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, guys. Forward to the next Thanks, time Mike. Come on with us, and or you come on with me on WIP. Thanks for doing it today. You got it, guys. Have a good one. Mike Sealski here with us on Birds Three Sixty Five. All right, clock is ticking. We got to come back, put a bow on the show. Stay with us on Birds Three Sixty Five. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guys wrapping up a Tuesday, uh, yeah, today, no, today's Wednesday, Wednesday edition of Birds. I got to think about it, yeah. It's so different. Uh, I got Jody one day, Mark, Jody, Rob. Yeah, Rob Rob, uh, Ellis will be in for uh, me tomorrow. Um, Johnny Mac, I did want to ask you one thing before we get out of that. You and I touched on it the other day uh, when I was on on Monday. Uh, at least I, I read something this morning that there could be announcement as soon as today as to who the next yeah. NFLPA director is. Nobody even be. knows who the candidates are. How the hell are they doing yeah. something like this? You got your Schefters in the world. You got your Rappaports in the world. You got your Mike Florios in the world. The information brokers who are these outstanding reporters who get all the info, all the dirt, everything you need to know about the National Football League. None of them have a clue as to who's going to be the next NFLPA director. How have... Because the players are involved here. They're, they're not immediately at a... They're talked to in groups or whatever, but the 32 heads of the, the teams... None of them is leaking. None of them is coming out with well, any information. Uh, uh, a, a lot of the players have complained that they have no information. Yeah, it's kind of shady. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know that that's not the best, especially when you compare it. You know, the baseball union is probably the most powerful and and successful, and has been over the years. Um, the NFL union has been uh, very shaky at times and i i think this is another example of it and yeah i mean it's been very secretive and that's never a good sign the only name i've heard is jc treader who yeah which is i i mentioned yeah and he's not on a roster right he was no no probably could be but maybe that's why he doesn't want to play do you know um i don't believe so if he did anything on that yeah, he, but he's, he, and he was a good player, man. He, a very he, good trade player. Yeah. But, you know, and that became an issue. Like, why wasn't he having a job? He's only 32 years old. And, you know, a lot of teams don't want the, you know, the rabble rouser, so to speak, in the lot. So that was an issue as well. Yeah, he might be involved. But anytime you have something so secretive, that's that's not a good sign. And I meant to mention this earlier, but. Ryan Mallett passing away, man. Oof, 35 years old, drowned in uh, Florida. Uh, they've been having a bunch of riptide issues down there. So people down there, be careful. But that's 
That's a shame. That that is a shame. And he was like a fourth or fifth round, third or fourth round, third pick. third round pick, third round pick. Yeah. I thought he was going to be a stud in the NFL. Oh, he was. He That's was one, one of, of the top recruits. I, I, he was one of the top recruits in the entire. He was like two or three in the entire country when he went to Michigan, and uh, eventually transferred to Arkansas. You know what? He got caught up in that the ship from traditional pocket passer to the more movement based that we see today, the RPO um, base quarterback. I mean, he is, if he lived in 1975, he would have been a superstar, big arm, just huge guy. Um, yeah. Terrific arm, but he couldn't move. He couldn't yeah. move and the league shifted. I I thought he was going to be a franchise quarterback, even drafted in the third round and, uh, just didn't never materialize for him. I think your read on the shifting tide of the league, that's probably not a good choice of words, um, was uh, his undoing. But uh, hey, that's that's just god awful news. And uh, condolences to his family and or friends who happen to be birds. 365 streamers. All right, uh, J Mac, like I said, tomorrow you get Rob Ellison with you. I got to be uh, holding Joe to camera's hand again tomorrow morning. So uh, I will be back with you on Friday. Have a good show tomorrow. All right, looking forward to it. Uh, you have a good show as well, uh, Jody Madonna. And everybody down at Seattle, if you're uh, having fun with Jason Kelsey, uh, enjoy that. Tomorrow you get Ellis and McMullen before you get Mac and Mac back here in two and two. That's days from now. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.